0: Okay, before we start the show, I gotta tell you about something super-duper important. In case you're not aware, we produce four daily podcasts every damn week. That means a new show every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Now, you might be asking yourself, where the hell is this mysterious Friday show on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and Spotify and all the rest? Well, that's because our Friday After Party podcast, with all of its revealing discussions about sex, drugs, rock and roll, and politics, is only available through our Patreon page. So please help support this show by subscribing to our Friday After Party podcast for just $10 a month. That's bobseskashow.com, or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And now, let the cartoons begin.
3: Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is The Bob Zeska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. You like
0: Huey Lewis on the News?
4: They're okay. Their early work was a little too new wave for my taste.
0: But when sports came out in 83, I think they really came into their own, commercially and artistically.
3: The whole album has a
0: clear, crisp sound and a new sheen of consummate professionalism that really gives the songs a big boost.
3: <laughs> He's been compared to Elvis Costello, but I think Huey has a far more bitter, cynical sense of humor. Hey I was, uh...
4: yes Alan? Why are there copies of the style section of the place? Do you, do you have a dog? A little chow or something? <laughs> no, Helen. Is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. In 87, Huey released this. Their most accomplished album. I think their undisputed masterpiece is Hip To Be Square. A song so catchy, most people probably don't listen to the lyrics. But they should, because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of friends. It's also a personal statement about the band itself. Hey, Paul! Ah! Happy Halloween!
0: Seska show. <laughs> from our nation's capital it is thursday october 24 2019 and this is the bob seska show presented by bubblegenius.com it's the greatest soap in the universe hi what's up what's happening my name is bob hello bob hi day 1008 of the trump crisis day 31 of the impeachment of donald trump 375 days into the 2020 presidential election and let's bring in the goddamn goth ninja alright it's Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast that's from-the-bunker.com dash also from the Stephanie Miller Show and sexyliberal.com and of course we have David Ferguson T-Rex as I like to call him as many people like to call him uh, he's hmm. from the T-Rex Report podcast patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report links in the description Okay. All right. Goth ninjas. Hi. Hello. Hello. Sup, bitches? How you doing? How you doing, T-Rex? Talking about Greenland these days?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Every, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Any, any history means making my legs stick to my teeth. Greenland
5: is a strategic place <laughs> up, strategic place up <laughs> there, land. and yeah. uh, they got a lot of valuable, valuable minerals. minerals.
4: And, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I felt so bad for you uh,
4: Those of you who don't know we I'm going to were- be on tape delay But I want you all to know That I was right in sync with him When he did that <laughs>
0: That was perfect, yeah. Um, yeah, last uh, week on the Postmortem Show, on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash uh, toward the end, your allergy medication got the best of Kicked you. In. And it was funny. You were a little bit Larry Kudlow right there, talking about yeah, green Yeah, I was,
4: yeah. well, it did that thing where your mouth gets super dry and your lips mm-hmm. start sticking to your teeth, which is super awkward on the air. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, do I, like, if I start trying to, like, Hydrate or drink, It's going to make like spitty sounds, or you know, and then, and I was, yeah, it was making me super sleepy too. And it was like, uh, yeah, I got a lot of valuable metals. I got a lot of valuable and, uh, a strategic down there. Place. Uh, yeah, um. It was kind of like this God bless the United States that a little, just a little bit. <laughs> Who was it, was it last night? I don't know. Some recent night of some, and all the hours of M S C are kind of running together. I don't know if yeah. it was Ari Melber sitting in for, you know, uh, whoever. I can't think. Yeah, yeah. Chris they were Matthews. Talking, they were running yeah. a long list of. Uh, Trump's geography mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Oh God! You know, right. and his pronunciations and just him saying things weirdly, <laughs> and it was yeah. all the things that we listen. And so I'm sitting here, I'm doing them along with him. Yeah, you know, just like I used to be able to do the the Comey thing when he, he you know, when he told Lester Holt we could all do that you know Russia, this Trump and Russia thing is a made up story. Yeah, that's uh, right. We could all do it along with him. Russia, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: that's very much a Brooklyn. Bernie Sanders does that all the time. Like he mm-hmm. refers to Kamala Harris as Kamaler. <laughs>
1: Uh huh. Kamala. Well, I have, I have English friends that pronounce vodka, vodka.
4: Vodka. Yeah. But only if it's between vowels. Okay, this is interesting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then Kennedys used mm-hmm. to say Cuba, instead of right. Cuba. John,
4: well, I mean, John McCain would say Washington.
0: Right. But we got to put a blockade around Cuba.
4: There's phantom Rs jumping into all these politicians' speech. What is that about?
0: It's just it's a Brooklyn thing it's because Trump is from Brooklyn. Uh, Bernie Sanders no, is from, from Brooklyn Queens. or Queens, whichever. It's all the same. <laughs> Don't oh talk my to New God, Yorkers about that. Oh so, man! I'm so oh, the mail you're like, gonna get, Oy vey. The Queens Bros yeah. are gonna come after me. <laughs> yeah, um, they are. Okay. Well, speaking of all of that, Donald Trump yesterday said that he's gonna build a wall around Colorado, <laughs> yeah. which is which is news. I had no idea that this was in the works. But here's Donald Trump yesterday. I think he was in Pittsburgh or mm-hmm. somewhere where he was doing another rally, and uh, this is what came out.
5: Which I think we're gonna win. (laughs) You know why we're gonna win New Mexico? Because they want safety on their border. And they
0: didn't have it. And we're building a wall on the border of New Mexico.
3: And we're building a wall in Colorado. We're building (laughs) a beautiful
4: wall. A big one that really works, but you can't get over.
0: It's a, the beautiful wall part is beautiful is funny love. to me also. That it's it's
4: when he a when he's gone, when it's finally over, yeah. that's gonna be the thing that like will still make me grind my teeth until I go to the grave if I outlive him. You know, I, yeah. Please God. Don't mm. let this president. Like, yeah, I'm crossing myself. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Just his weird use of the word "beautiful" because he's only got 250 vocabulary words, right? mm-hmm. tops. Right. Yeah, and beautiful—it's just like it's you know a piece of chocolate cake in Eiffel, you know Eiffel Tower. Or well, you remember when he first used shit. that
0: in reference to the wall? He was talking about building the wall and then creating a big beautiful door in the wall. Mm-hmm. That was his. Right. That was his initial usage yes. of beautiful. Now the whole wall is going to be beautiful. I I've seen pictures of this wall. I see no evidence of beauty in the wall that he's putting up. That just doesn't exist. But, you know, when he starts- Look at
4: everything else he's ever made. This is just like the 90s version. He's, you know, Mm -hmm. consistently about 20 years behind the aesthetic curve. Yes. Right? So in the 80s, he was like Mr. Vulgar 70s, Mr. like, you know- Gold wallpaper. Yeah. You know, and now he he's in his 90s yeah. sort of matte black but still glossy face. <laughs> he wants his wall to be black and shiny and spiky with, you know, alligators and dragons and bats and monkeys in the moat. And <laughs> fuck them. Gators and snakes.
1: Sharks with freaking laser beams. Yeah,
4: gators. He heads.
0: wants gators yeah. and snakes around his wall.
1: The and they said. President Trump
0: started screaming, ranting, and raving And <laughs> on the southern border where we are right now building a tremendous wall, okay, ready, that I wanted a wall, but I wanted a moat, a moat, whatever that is, not a word I used, but they used it,
1: mm. a, moat. a moat, and in the moat, yeah. I wanted alligators and, and snakes, <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's the
4: ultimate,
1: alligators
4: and no snakes, the t- the uptuning thing really has wheels. I mean, I think that needs to go like across all forms of media. I know. Like, everybody I from Lawrence O'Donnell to you know, Chris Hayes, everybody just needs to start. Like every time they play a Trump soundbite, they need to jack up the t- the pitch. T- tiny t- Trump,
0: like man, the- Tiny Trump across America. I think we need to start the movement where every I Trump feel strangely
4: clip. Safer when I think of him Trump. as being four feet tall. Yeah, it, you
0: know? <laughs> well, you know what he has to start to do when he's naming all those states. He was naming New Mexico. He's going to build a wall uh, in New Mexico. He's building a wall in Colorado now. Evidently, he needs to. And then yeah. he said he was building a wall in Texas too. Well, whenever someone starts naming states on a stage, I want to go, Ah! right, like Howard Dean in 2004. (laughs) We're going to Colorado. We're going to build a wall in Colorado. Then we're going to build one in New Mexico. Ah! Then we're going to Washington to take back the White House.
4: Ah! Oh, man. In hindsight, I've got to say, I mean, what further evidence do we need of our completely morally bankrupt? stupid corrupt shallow establishment media <laughs> yeah i know where you're that going that one tiny second was mm-hmm. able to destroy an entire you know a man's entire yep. career yep in one fell blow be- i mean that is so shallow and so trivial and so like just off the map stupid and if a republican had done it you know Fox News would have just like replaced the audio with the sound of King Kong or something and you know like (laughs) yeah I mean in in the
0: history of presidential politics this is just another in a long line of quote unquote egregious trespasses by candidates that eliminated them from being president like George H.W. Bush checking his watch during the uh, debate or Al Gore sighing and and talking about Mm -hmm. uh, uh, whatever it is a lockbox and this is Disqualifying behavior by a president (laughs) of (laughs) Japan. Do you remember the name of the bill that he was supporting as far as the lockbox goes? Do you remember the name? It was one of my favorite names of a piece of legislation. It was called Dingle Norwood. (laughs) 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 Dingle
3: Norwood. Norwood.
0: Yes. Hurrah for Dingle Norwood. Um, Yeah, so Donald Trump building a wall in Colorado. Meanwhile, I've got to give. Some praise here. We got to give some love to Cory Booker. We don't talk about Cory Booker a whole lot on this show. And I'm not sure exactly why, because I've always kind of liked Cory Booker. But Cory Booker was speaking mm, at the he National.
4: He What's that? What doing some things with pharmaceutical companies that were not. He's he's dropped all that money. money. I mean, yeah. he um, did that. He dropped he all that.
1: Yeah, a while ago. Yeah.
4: yeah. Oh, good. Right. I just, yeah. There's been things in the past that he's just been. I hear that tab cracking open. Yeah. Over there, all the way from one coast <laughs> to the other, ladies and gentlemen, the brown mm-hmm. fizzy sounds mm-hmm. of right. 1976. Um. So yeah,
0: so Cory Booker was speaking at the National Press Club uh, yesterday, and someone from Breitbart asked him a question about, apparently, about, I think it was about Joe Biden and Joe Biden's use of lynching like 20 years ago or whatever it was, Love which it. obviously is irrelevant in the context of the current president of the United States using that word right damn now, and that's the mm-hmm. point that Cory Booker makes. This is one of the great Cory but, Booker... Dude, they
4: spent like 16 hours Googling to try to find something to catch somebody on. Yeah, you know, I'm sure they found They found a Joe Biden quote from 25 years ago, and they were like, ooh, ooh, you know, I mean, yeah. that's all and then somebody cracked up another Mountain Dew and <laughs> see. <laughs>
0: uh, so Cory Booker made this exact point, which is that two wrongs don't make a right. Duh, this is what we learned in kindergarten, for God's sake. Let's take a listen to this.
1: Hi, I'm Penny Starr with Breitbart News. Um, back to the lit for is one this,
5: second.
3: this Bart that is bright? Um, um, <laughs> okay. it. It's
5: a named after
1: a person, Andrew Breitbart.
3: Is there? Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. He's trolling okay. her. And who was
1: Andrew? He is. He was probably the pioneer of c- uh, citizen journalism. Oh, that's fantastic.
3: Yeah. Oh, nice. Are so, you a citizen journalist or do you get paid for your yeah, job? I'm a journalist. You're a journalist. Yes. Okay.
1: Real quickly back to the lynching question. <laughs> she's
0: that's, not She's not even a citizen journalist anymore. So how do you like that? I, I love it now. Cory Booker is owning the Trumpers. That's what's going on mm-hmm. right there. Since
2: Trump tweeted and there's been
1: a lot of outrage expressed, there's also been a lot of reporting on Democrats have used that term over and over when Bill Clinton was being impeached and other times. Can you comment on that, please? Yeah, I don't know if
3: you know this, but um, there have been a lot of Democratic racists in the past. Uh, And I'm talking about people that have used that word in recent history. I'm going back to George Wallace and and the like. And if every time we call out Donald Trump for behavior, and the first response is, look at the Democrat, (laughs) that's not going to solve the problem. He is the president of the United States of America. Mm -hmm. Words matter. And excusing him because some Democrat used the same word? We weren't taught those morals on the playground, for there crying is. out loud. Yep. Leadership is about accepting responsibility for your actions. And he uses language that divides, demeans, and degrades on a regular basis. Have Democrats used language that have divided, demeaned, and degrade? Yeah. But he is the president of the United States. Mm -hmm. And so do I have a level of accountability for him? Absolutely. And at a time that people are trying to score political points by dividing us along racial lines, at a time that I have journalists come up to me and tell me about their spouse. This one journalist said to me that their spouse was crying the other day because they're afraid to speak Spanish in public. At a, at a time that a president can't condemn white supremacists, or even say, at a time that the majority of our terrorist attacks since 9/11 have been right-wing terrorist attacks, the majority of them white supremacist attacks, and our president isn't even willing to recognize that as a problem?
0: Oh, I, I guess. Wow. <laughs> I was waiting for a little bit more on
4: that. That was. Awesome. Well, okay, okay, yeah. Cory Booker. Yeah. That was awesome. Good how for ba- him.
0: How about them apples? Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, that was. Uh stuck it right to that Breitbart reporter and it couldn't have happened yeah. to a better person, right? Uh, no kidding. You know, and I gotta say, I'm, I've am i been disappointed in Cory Booker on the national stage and I'm not just talking about his actions or anything like that. I'm disappointed that he hasn't done better because I thought, observing him, especially when he was uh, mayor of uh, Newark. Mm-hmm. He was mayor <laughs> yeah. of Newark, right? Newark, mm-hmm. New Jersey. Yes. Which, if those of you who have seen anything about the city of Newark, New Jersey... And he actually mm-hmm. did some great work up there, uh, building community. He would be famously out shoveling snow and crap on those snowy mm-hmm. days and so on, just driving around helping people. What, didn't he rescue someone? Uh, from- someone yeah, from did. a burning building. From a burning, burning building. Yes.
4: No, I, <laughs> yeah. he's like a superhero. I, but yeah. it, this is, again, it is so early. People have no idea these candidates' biographies, their histories, like mm-hmm. what their office they've even held was before, Yeah, you know. um, it's just it for the average middle of the road voter who's going to make their decision in the weeks leading up to election day
2: mm-hmm.
4: it, it's not even started yet oh I know I, um, I know it's it's we're so far ahead of ourselves and we're so like thinking that whoever's up this week is going to be the person who gets the nomination and I mean it's never ever ever been that way in history. yeah why on earth would it change this year? Mm-hmm. you know it's just way too early to be talking about who's ahead in the polls. I feel <laughs> like we we're spending so much time like. Anticipating all these things that you know are so far away down the road when yeah. we have like urgent urgent stuff on our plate right now. Well, that's a, um, an
0: observation along those lines. I didn't uh, write my first big endorsement of Barack Obama until December of two thousand seven. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's the equivalent of this coming up December of this 2019 of this particular cycle. It's the equivalent uh, time of year.
1: But there weren't 20 people running then.
0: That's also true. There were much fewer and I think Mm -hmm. that was uh, obviously indicative of uh, the signs of weakness on behalf of Donald Trump. Him being Mm -hmm. a uh, colossally weak incumbent. So certainly a lot of guys and and a lot of candidates wanted to jump in and try their hand at running for president including a lot Mm -hmm. of tourists who I don't like but you know this is uh, this is what like what's her of, name yeah tipsy kind of, gun belt yeah Marianne <laughs> Williams not a factor anymore Andrew Yang somehow is polling it around I, I know we just you just said we shouldn't talk about polling but no uh, because
4: well it's just it's just so early yeah and <clears throat> but uh, I mean just and, for the sake it's you know, like but the, part of it is my just like discussed with the whole Washington thing where like yeah. there was an op-ed on Sunday or something recently where in the where it's like okay it's come down to this has it the mm. Democrats are like is there anyone else I'm like Wait what do you mean is there anyone else oh you There's know what 20 freaking people running for president you dick weasels! but see their whole business model <laughs> depends on them mm-hmm. building this big like um what's the guy's name the the big traps the, the big, big elaborate mousetrap things. The, is there, a Rube Goldberg. Shoot. It's like a Rube Goldberg, Rube Goldberg, Goldberg machine. Thing, yeah, yeah. Like it's like this fake weather contraption <laughs> where they pretend <laughs> to predict the future by like polishing these stones and throwing some chicken bones in the gravel. And it's like, you guys, it's... I mean, I understand that what's happening now is hard to look at. Yeah. And that Wait, doing your actual responsibility as investigative journalists would be a lot. You'd have to get up and walk downstairs and make some phone calls, maybe. Yeah. Well, you know what but, this
0: is? that This whole thing with, oh, the Democrats are all dissatisfied with the current field, so let's see who's no. still on the bench. Is it Michelle Obama? Is it Hillary Clinton? Is it John Kerry? We don't know. But this is entirely, <laughs> and I'm sure you've seen, uh, both of you have seen the reporting on this, this is a, like a Chris Saliza, David Brooks, Kind of invention that they throw in every year. Four years ago, it was Al Gore. For example, when is Al Gore or Joe right. Biden four years ago was going to jump in in the fall? Right, he was going to come in and save the uh, field of Democrats, give people a you know a moderate alternative or whatever the justification was at the time. This happens every year. Guys like Chris Saliza, guys like David Brooks, they all operate on a script. Okay, what what is it? It's October twenty-four. Let's talk about all the other Democrats. That the could Democrats in
4: disarray. <laughs> Democrats in disarray, absolutely. Well, this is all very good for John McCain. <laughs>
1: it's also being pushed by Steve Bannon and mm. Breitbart and and right-wingers going, yeah, Hillary Clinton's getting in because she's on a book tour.
0: Yeah, right. That is absolute 100% bullshit. Hillary Clinton is not I'm, going to run for she's president. Not. She's Mich- done. Michelle Obama. I'm pretty sure there are
4: fewer things that on earth yeah. that Hillary Clinton would rather not do in 2020. <laughs> I know. Than run for president. She's got grandbabies. She's, she's got, you know, yeah. like the holidays are coming up. Up yeah, no way. I would be putting my feet up, eating fondue. Like, have added America. You had your chance with me. <laughs> yeah, if I, I you liked that. it, then you should have put a ring on it. <laughs> like,
2: bye.
0: Um, I love that you throw in uh, a fondue as if uh, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I can see Hillary Clinton just sitting there eating fondue just by herself in the woods. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, moving along here, uh, over to. Uh, oh, yeah, I wanted to mention this too. The Wall Street no, Journal. I'm to
4: stay in the woods with a fondue pot. That is nice. <laughs>
0: I don't even know. You have to have a really long extension cord or something like that. Uh, Sterno. Yeah. Well, Wall Street Journal, uh, the editorial board, wrote a, uh, and I, I don't have it in front of me, but I wanted to mention that they wrote an editorial in defense of Donald Trump, obviously, saying basically that he's too inept and incompetent to be worthy of impeachment. Like, this is the Don Jr. defense. Like, Don Jr. is just too stupid to understand that he was colluding with Russia. So let's just let that go. He doesn't right. know. So let's just, because he's incompetent and Donald Trump is incompetent, so he can't be impeached. How cruel would that be? <laughs>
4: yes, and everything oh will God. freeze between now and Inauguration Day 2021. And yeah. He will do no further damage on the government if we just leave him in place unchecked. No. Mm-hmm. Why on earth? Yes, the poorest stupid thing let's leave him there to continue to wreak havoc <laughs> right like a you know i mean yeah talk about a loose cannon he's like a loose toxic weapon he's mm-hmm. just sort of gassing his own people on a daily basis yep but anyway
0: well yeah and we got to talk about uh the republican stunt yesterday and uh the rules for the house of representatives when it comes to impeachment investigations judge napolitano Uh, had something to say about what happened yesterday outside the Mm -hmm. House Intelligence Committee uh, skiff, and all those guys marching into that place. What, did they order pizza when they got in there? They're (laughs) tweeting... And they clean
4: up after themselves.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is all indicative of a Republican party that simply does not think things through. They make these moves, they change rules, they take actions like they did yesterday, and they don't realize how it's going to boomerang and bite them in the ass. And this is the case with what continues to happen with these closed-door Uh, depositions taking place in the context of this impeachment investigation. And so Judge Napolitano was on Fox and Friends. I believe it was, what was it, yesterday morning or this morning? I Mm -hmm. forget exactly which one it was, but it doesn't matter. He schooled uh, the entire uh, panel of giggling couch tumors about how the rules actually work in the House of Representatives. And, I mean, obviously the audience of one in all of this is Donald Trump, and I hope he fucking heard this.
5: I read the House rules. Okay. (laughs) And as frustrating as it may be to have these hearings going on behind closed doors, the hearings over which Congressman Schiff is presiding, they are consistent with the rules. They can make any of the rules they want. Well, they can't change the rules. They follow the rules. And when were the rules written? Last, in January of 2015. Mm -hmm. And who signed them? John Boehner. And who enacted them? A Republican majority. (laughs) So So the rules say say that this level of inquiry, this initial level of Mm -hmm. inquiry, can be done in secret. I want to watch it. I am dying to see if John Ratcliffe's cross-examination of Ambassador Taylor was as aggressive and successful as Republicans claim it is uh... john ratcliffe is a serious a former serious trial lawyer who knows how to cross-examine we didn't get to see it so what happened in the nixon impeachment my former boss i was his page in the house of representatives peter radino instead of holding the hearings in secret interviewed the witnesses in secret not by the committee but by the staff congressman henry hyde same thing in the clinton impeachment witnesses were interviewed in secret and then presented in public Congressman Schiff, with a different set of rules, chooses to do the initial set of interviews in secret. Secret evidence doesn't work in this world. So eventually there will be a public presentation of this at which lawyers for the president can cross-examine these people and challenge them. This is like presenting a case to a grand jury, which is never done. In uh, in public, so I get it. The Republicans are yeah. frustrated, and they wanted to make a point, and they made their point. They it might have, have made been, it, but but this is just the not the most effective way to show uh, uh, respect for what your colleagues are doing. I On the you- other hand,
0: okay, uh, half of the Fox News audience is going fake news. The other half is doing the Edith Bunker reaction, which is this. Right. Oh. <gasps> <laughs> oh, it's like the Edith Bunker double take. Oh, that's how this all works and Oh shit! This was John Boehner. Oh fuck him! We hate John Boehner anyway. That, I mean, I'm, right. I'm just well. I just
4: want you to imagine how they would react. I want you to imagine the condition of Tucker Carlson's terrified little white boy butthole if AOC <laughs> <laughs> had gone storming into a skiff with her cell phone live broadcasting on Twitter. Do you? Yeah. I mean, can you imagine the tantrum that they would throw? Oh yeah, like, I know. Like, Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a, that's just sp- and it wasn't exactly the cream of the crop yesterday when you looked mm-hmm. at that crowd of dunces the Lord, and yeah, yeah.
0: And the funny thing. is, is, is many of them. In fact, uh, I want to say somewhere around 30 or, yeah, around 30. I think it was a couple dozen maybe of them actually were sitting on the committees that are involved in the testimony that was happening in the skiff so any number of them Jim Jordan for example could Uh have just walked right in there per the rules and enjoyed Mm -hmm. the testimony and and done whatever he needed to do in there Judge Napolitano was talking about John Radcliffe was in there they are treating their own supporters like the idiots naive morons that they are Mm -hmm. knowing full well that no one's going to go look up the rules they're going to take this at face value oh yeah the Democrats are keeping the Republicans out of this hearing and it's closed door just for the Democrats only oh and by the way let's make sure not to tell anybody that yeah all the Republicans that sit on those three committees Mm -hmm. oversight intelligence and then the mystery committee I forget
1: What's the third one? The mystery Uh, machine. Uh, Financial uh, services. Is it financial services? Yeah, Yeah, financial services. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Yeah, all the Republicans on those committees were entirely welcome to be in there and to participate Uh in the SCIF hearings. And they just pretended as if that wasn't the case at all. Because uh-huh. they've got nothing else. I mean, 47 I Republicans. I kabuki
4: for the Fox News cameras. Oh, of course. So exactly. It looked like they're at least trying to do something. Well, uh, They well, also then, wanted
1: to be arrested. They yeah. wanted to be arrested for mm-hmm. the visual of seeing the Democrats arrest them, which is, as much as I wanted them to be arrested, because yeah. as far as I'm concerned, they broke national security. I mean, all Their sorts of laws. Their dads would get them
4: all out of jail anyway.
1: But the thing is, is they wanted to be arrested, and Pelosi probably went, don't do it, don't mm-hmm. do it, don't do it. Yeah. She was at her fucking brother's funeral yesterday when they did this, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about arresting
0: these guys. I have to emphasize how much, like Jody, I would love to see uh, Matt Gates thrown into the holding cell at the Capitol Police headquarters. That would be a mm-hmm. wonderful thing to watch. You know why? Because I'm a fucking podcaster and it would mm-hmm. be enjoyable for me. I am not mm-hmm. the chairman of the Intelligence Committee. I am not exactly. the sp- speaker <laughs> of the House. And these <laughs> members of Congress are trying to carry on a serious and sober proceeding. And if you think the Democrats are weak because they didn't arrest uh, uh, Steve King and Louie Gohmert yesterday. You're out of your fucking mind because what they are doing right now with this impeachment, this is only the fourth time this has ever happened. They are on their way to doing something for only the second time in American history, which is to actually impeach someone and send that president to a trial in the Senate. This is an amazingly strong move by the Democrats to do this. And if you're worried that they look weak just because they're not playing into they're not feeding the trolls, you, you got to focus on the priorities here. You got to focus on the levels of the political discourse and all this and know that, yes, we can scream and stomp and yell and fantasize about Republicans being arrested. But Nancy Pelosi, and Adam Schiff, they need to take this as seriously and with as much mm-hmm. sobriety as absolutely possible, because as soon as this turns into a giant political shovel fight. That's when mm-hmm. independents start to walk away from impeachment yep. support. That's when some moderate Democrats start to walk away from impeachment support. And that's where the whole thing falls apart. Trust me on this.
4: <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, again. Although I, I, if I was always the chief of that committee. I would order the cell phones of everyone who was not supposed to be a skiff yesterday confiscated. Yeah. And any evidence that turns up on them related to well, anything
0: mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, you I mean, know, it, would they'd be be, it would be liable for.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be immensely satisfying to see like uh, Adam Schiff going around confiscating Louis Gohmert's cell phones. I mean, it would be great video and it would be fun to see him get trolled that way. But that's mm-hmm. just me fantasizing because I have the luxury of doing that. Those of you who spend all day on Twitter like I do, that's fun to talk about. It's fun to fantasize about uh, Republicans getting thrown in jail overnight because they did something stupid. But in the mm-hmm. real world, in the context of actually carrying out this extremely delicate process they have to play as above boards as possible and in fact they are as napolitano said they are following the rules to a T. i mean again i repeat this uh, a thousand times over uh, you know the rule always is don't feed the trolls and while we mm-hmm. sometimes succumb to that and i know i certainly do probably can we feed them poison <laughs> 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 probably not a good idea arsenic for Right. <laughs> But I mean, again, 47 Republicans were allowed to participate in those hearings per the rules that were made up by John Boehner and the other Republicans. And that is yet another point where the, again, the Republicans make up a set of rules. And then as soon as the Democrats play by those rules, well, the Democrats are violating due process of the mm-hmm. president of the United States. I mean, it's a staggering amount
4: of intellectual violence that they're engaged in right now. Um, yeah, he called, I mean, the president coordinated that whole deal. You know did? that, right? That came out this morning. Oh, yeah. He was like, he told them, to, I mean, and what's awesome to me is you know there were only twenty four of them mm-hmm. out of the entire. I mean, how many one hundred and seventy something? How many Republicans are in the House of Representatives right now? Uh, it's one ninety five. Oh, uh, Republicans,
0: 190, yeah, one ninety four or something like that. Right, is it one ninety four? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can oh, your kung
4: fu is good. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll double check while you're talking. But I got it. <laughs> you know, that's how many didn't show up. Yeah, right. Whatever that minus twenty four is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. That's and true. And they were just like, I'm not going on the record busting into a, a skiff. Yeah. Which I still yeah. imagine as a boat through an underground cavern to a one eyed wizard's tiny island in the middle of an underground lake where you ask them one question anyway. <laughs> yeah, they violated the skiff. That. That's so funny. <laughs> and the one eyed wizard won't come back to the island now. <laughs>
0: 197. <laughs> 197 Republicans yeah. in the House of Representatives.
1: 234 so, Democrats, 197 yeah, yeah. Republicans, and one only independent.
4: 24? Yeah.
1: Sort of? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, most so, of the Republicans are not supporting this, which is good. But the ones that are, are like, you know. They're heavyweights. The guys, they're on people. these committees. You know, yeah. people pay attention mm. to them.
0: And by the way, I was uh, just saying, it's
4: mostly the guys people wouldn't trust to watch their dog for the weekend. I don't Jim know if Jordan, you, uh, you know. yeah. <laughs>
0: and I know T Rex how much you love Matt Gates, but Matt Gates was on MSNBC today, and Hallie Jackson completely did a, a rabbit season, duck season on him. Got him to admit that trading <gasps> uh, military aid in exchange for help with a forthcoming campaign is illegal. Matt Gates mm-hmm. actually said that, admitted that, and I don't think he even realized that he admitted Probably it. Probably not. Yeah, because he was too busy. <laughs> well, on, he can't
4: be that hard he's too busy watching his cheekbones on the monitors you know, <laughs> you know? Going, i look cool yeah wait what did she ask me <laughs> i was you know what
0: i notice about him i notice his pointy pointy chin matt gates has a really pointy chin it's like he it's does gonna- It's like it's gonna poke you right in the eye if you get too close right you know know,
4: politics is what like hollywood for ugly people i mean the thing that to me that throws his face off is his (laughs) massive five head his (laughs) huge forehead like if it was it just needs to be he's got like a somewhat under evolved look about him you know like he should have been in darwin's cooker a little longer um, before they let him out into the world, yeah, yeah I'm, I'd like to see the length of his middle finger versus the ones around it. You, you know, know one anyway.
0: of the, the one of the best things about having Matt Gates on the scene, as far as being someone who is absolutely intolerable, at the very least, we get T Rex's commentary on Matt Gates, and that's
3: what <laughs> I always
0: always look forward to. That
4: okay, I would to talk about. Oh, uh, sir, you honor me.
0: I'm just oh. to talk about Trump shooting someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue here in just a second. Apparently, according to his lawyers, he's allowed to get away. With it, so uh, we're going to mm-hmm. dig into that here in just a second. But first, got to talk about meat. You guys like Meh. meat? I got, I got, I got eleven pounds of meat coming to me every month from the great people at ButcherBox.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I eat a, a, a like a metric ton of meat every day of, <laughs> of protein products. So I'm, I'm really super picky about where I get my you know, meat. But thanks meat. to <laughs> thanks to ButcherBox, I don't have to worry about getting quality meats anymore. Uh, I can get uh, amazing meat delivered right to my door. And every month, I receive a selection of the very best meat without leaving my house. All of ButcherBox's meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones. We're talking about, again, 11, 11 pounds of meat. That is an amazingly large batch of meat right there. Enough for 24 meals. I'm also able to customize my box so I can get exactly the meats that I want. So if you don't particularly like red meat, I mean, I mean, I noticed someone on Twitter was saying, Bob, I'd love to buy from ButcherBox, but I don't eat red meat. Well, good news. They've also got pork products. They've also got uh, chicken that you can order, too. All kinds of other meat products that don't involve red meat that you can get from ButcherBox. In fact, I'm getting the meat sweats just talking about all of this. I'm literally <laughs> sweating right now.
4: Dab, um, <laughs> dab.
0: And right now, ButcherBox is offering new members ground beef for life. Imagine ground beef for for life. You never have to go without ground beef ever again. That's two pounds of ground beef in every box for the life of your subscription, plus $20 off your first box. Just go to butcherbox.com slash sexy liberal or enter sexy liberal at checkout. Again, the promo code is sexy liberal. That's butcherbox.com slash sexy liberal or enter that promo code sexy liberal at checkout. Thank you for supporting this show by supporting Butcher Box.
3: Seska Show.
0: Yeah. Ah! <laughs> I don't know why I'm into that today. Oh, by the way, this is uh, the great Quiver. It's Quiver with three Vs in it, right? As I sit by the spot
5: yeah. that lingers with me
0: I always say, every time I hear Quiver, and uh, last uh, Tuesday, on Tuesday's show, we played Rebel Queens, and one of my fantasies is to have a double bill of uh, Quiver and Rebel Queens playing a a show in my house, as loudly as possible. (laughs) That'd be the best. Uh, BobSeska.com. if you want to submit. Links in the description for all of our great indie recording artists. And uh, got to make sure to support all of our indie recording artists. It's a big deal here. We're trying to make some waves for all of these amazing bands, all these incredible recording artists, including David Ferguson's uh, Compromat US. I don't know if you've decided on the name yet, but...
4: I, <laughs> 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 that is, I love that. We're just waving that up. Don't even bring that up, Bob. Right. Yeah, it's just so complicated and I have, I still no I haven't decided although I have two other names I'm thinking about.
0: Oh yeah, what, what are the suggestions? Maybe people can vote in the comments.
4: Sistema Sistema the Western word for the system. Yeah, it's actually oh, okay. with the name of one of the companies that was a uh, Bought by Rosneft. Oh, ah, uh, Rosneft. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Rosneft. But Sistema means the system. And it's what they call the system under which people use Compromat and other means to undermine people that are close to them or even far from them to all jockey for position. And nobody knows who's got what on who.
2: Yeah. Wow. And it's just
4: constant hell all the time. Not it bad. Just sounds like my nightmare. But Sistema. Sistema, um, that's
0: option number one. Yeah. Option number two cargo
4: cult. Hey,
0: you know what? I kinda like that I kinda like that one.
4: I kinda like that one too. I also like that you could use like a C squared for the symbol, you know? Like um Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, everybody knows what a cargo cult is out there. I don't know something I became fascinated with in college. Like, Mm -hmm. well, okay, so down the Pacific Islands, they they went and they found islands that had never actually had any face to face contact with the West or outsiders, but they had seen some planes go down in the Pacific Mm -hmm. fighting, and some of them washed up on the beaches, and they had built like houses. They had built. No, they had built, like, palm and bamboo versions of them. Oh, I see. (laughs) Yeah. To make these holy sites that are like, oh, now we worship the plane. So they worshiped the plane, and they made all these sort of bamboo planes to copy the plane. Wow. It was like this – yeah, it's like – and they were worshiping, like, bits of cargo and stuff that they washed up on the beach because they were gifts from the gods. And it's like this whole cult was worshiping the detritus of this World War II that was – Washing up in their little bay as like this, you know, this spiritual like series of gifts from heaven because mm-hmm. they didn't have any concept of the outside world. And then, like, this huge hulk of a washed up, you know, aircraft
2: wow, I, I had no up idea on their
4: beach. And they're like, Ooh, that's really cool, <laughs> let's make a church for it. Yeah, you know, it must be a gift from the gods, it's a huge insect bird thing Um, uh, and it's dead wow maybe they'll come back if we build lots of them so they'll see more you know so anyway that's what a cargo cult is there's a couple of them
0: oh very cool I I like that name that's
4: what I feel like America is now yeah like we're worshiping these bits of detritus and flag parts that wash up on the beach while you know having no real concept of the rest of the world what's going on around us
0: how about detritus as the name of the band
1: how about suicidal pigeons (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs>
1: no, I literally met a suicidal pigeon years ago. Oh, really? I'm not kidding. This poor this poor bird was in the middle of this road, and I was, seeing a ho- I was looking for houses at the time. And this pigeon is literally in the middle of the road. And so I went and I picked it up and I put it on the sidewalk so it wouldn't get run over. Mm-hmm. And then it just crawled back out in the middle of the road. I'm like, you're suicidal. <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe the pigeon was waiting for Donald Trump to shoot him in the middle of the road.
1: Yeah, that was this was 1993, so okay. a
0: little early. Yeah, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit early. Yeah. Uh, so Donald Trump's lawyers in this case, uh, up in uh, New York City, where the Manhattan DA is suing to get Donald Trump's tax returns. Donald Trump's lawyers have been, uh, or I, I think this is the case. I think this is the tax return case that they're arguing mm-hmm. that Donald Trump is immune from all accountability when it comes to committing crimes right. while he's president of the United States. He is absolutely. Immune in fact, the lawyer was asked by the judge, "Can he shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue? Is that really a thing?" And then get away with it and not be convicted. And the judge said, "Yeah." That's or the uh, lawyer said, "Yeah, that's what we're arguing. <laughs> we're
4: arguing he can do it." you knew that was all night. He was praying that wouldn't happen. That was not a predisposed outcome. He's like, "Please don't let him bring up the shooting in Fifth Avenue thing." Please, 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 please. <laughs> it's my big day in court tomorrow. I get to yeah. face the judge. And he goes up. To the judge is like, "So about this Fifth Avenue thing?" And he's like, "Oh, is that what you're saying?" He's like, "Uh, yeah." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I picture Keanu Reeves, Reeves playing this part. Um
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, he said, "Yeah." So the judge asked, "I'm talking about while in office. Nothing could be done. That's your position." The judge is named Denny Chen, and the and the lawyer
4: Concevoy, says, "That is correct." <laughs> correct. He kind of yes. It's not up. like a permanent kind of immunity. It's like a temporary thing until like, he's out of office. Until <laughs> so
1: he's removed. He was very specific. He said the word removed, not voted out. So that's he a did? specific... Yes. Yeah. He said removed, not voted out, just removed from office. That was very specific wording. But he did stammer a little bit when the judge asked him that. He's like, oh, of course. You could do... You you want
0: could do something. May- maybe not the best tactic by a lawyer to proceed a... <laughs> Answering we a question, he lived there like all that.
4: night, going. Please don't let the judge ask me that. So <laughs> the one thing that's hanging out there, look, I have no response to that. Please don't let the judge ask me, and it's the first thing out of the judge's mouth. Are you I mean, sure? Like, good morning, counsel. Are you t- saying he could shoot someone? Yeah, he's like, uh. So, Tom
0: Hartman <laughs> yeah. had an interesting take on this. Uh, and Joey was, his, you,
1: brother. Oh, was, it, his, brother was his brother. it, it was his brother who brought it up. Okay. Mr. Hartman himself. He, uh, he, he did give credit where credit was due. And basically, what his brother posited yesterday to his, to Tom, he said, What if, you know, a Democrat gets into office in the White House with a Democratic, you know, vice president and the Democrats win the Senate, Mm -hmm. hold on to the House. He was specific in naming people. I'm not gonna do that because of the flame wars, but so we have a Democratic president, vice president, Senate, House, we have the whole thing. And the president decides to go into the Supreme Court one afternoon with an AR-15 and blow away the five conservative judges, Mm -hmm. then puts his gun down, goes to the Oval Office, presents his five new nominees Mm -hmm. to the Senate. That gets confirmed because he can't be arrested while he's in office. Right. Then, um, so these new five liberal justices are now with the four other liberals, so yay, we've packed the court. And (laughs) so he decides you know what, I probably should do some time for this. So he mm. resigns. The new VP now becomes the president of the United States. This previous president does get convicted and gets, say, life instead of what he, sh- he or she should get, which would be you know the death penalty depending on the state that this happens. I don't know if Washington, D.C. has that, but regardless. Yeah. Um, so life in prison for mowing down five Supreme Court justices. But the new president goes, you know what, I'm just going to pardon him.
0: <laughs> I think. I mean, uh, it can
1: go that far. It could. I mean, if, if a president cannot be tried for a capital crime, no. A president was arrested though. Ulysses S. Grant was arrested.
0: Oh, he was. You know what? I didn't know that. That's one. In
1: 1872. Yeah, no, wow. it wasn't that. No, it was 1872, and he mm-hmm. was arrested at the corner of 13th and M. Um, <laughs> and he was technically speeding on his carriage. There were a bunch of. A bunch of like, you know, hoity toity guys at the time loved yep. to speed down to uh, 13th. Wow. And um, so this one cop, a Civil War vet, a black guy on top of it all, pulled him over the first time and gave him a warning Mr. President, please don't do this. This is dangerous. People are trying to cross the street and other carriages, yada, yada. This is dangerous. Wow. Well, f- a few weeks later, he does it again. So this cop <laughs> says, sorry, sir, arrests him, takes him to jail. The president had $20 to bail himself out, so he got out, and then him and the other uh, guys that were, you know, arrested for this were fined for their crimes.
0: Wow, I had no idea. So How do you
4: know this? Yeah.
1: Because it's, it's history, and I'm actually because reading it. Because yeah, she's
0: intelligent, and she it reads It sounds things. like she was there, you know? Like
4: <laughs> yeah. I was there. Yeah. I am well, that the old. the cop, he was a civil <laughs> war vet, a black guy, great guy.
1: He was Gorgeous a great guy. One. His Especially name was William him. H. West. Uh, he had fought in the Civil War.
0: <laughs> that's a, that's, <laughs> is, that, is that real? Did you just make it's that real. up?
1: It's real. No, it's damn straight. It's real. Well,
0: I know that. I mean, the arresting part is real, but William yeah. H. West, that's real too? William
1: H. West is his name. That... Uh, the, the, the the officer that arrested him was oh William my God. H. West. Wow. Wow. The,
0: okay, we're just J- jody Hamilton, jody you are. The the hour. Yeah, you are a fountain of incredible information. You're well likely. I have to
1: get a hat tip to Tom Hartman cuz he taught me this too oh, but then I, I looked it up just to make sure. But <laughs> no I mean uh, basically he got busted so presidents have been arrested for minor crimes if you really think about it. Nobody yeah. got hurt. This wasn't tax evasion, you know, not that we had taxes in 1872, but still um you know it's it's he got arrested because he was breaking the law.
0: Right, and this OLC memo, we have to bear in mind when the Mm -hmm. two versions of this OLC rule inside the Department of Justice were actually written. There was one that was done during Nixon. Gee, I wonder why. And then there was another one done during uh, Clinton, which is the one we have to abide Mm -hmm. by now, thanks Bill Barr. But the one that was written during the Clinton administration, uh, we also know why that was probably written, right? It was to protect uh, Bill Clinton at the time. And my only question that I have with regard to the fact that once again, Donald Trump making things worse for Donald Trump Mm -hmm. by bringing up this line of defense by using the OLC memo as a get-out-of-jail-free card in court (laughs) now could possibly set a uh, a, a precedent in the court system that says the OLC memo doesn't apply anymore. So they're putting that Mm -hmm. stupidly on the chopping block. And I'm not sure if if the judge in this case says, you know what, this OLC memo doesn't apply to the president ridiculous the president can absolutely be indicted for a crime this is stupid if that happens if the judge rules that does the olc memo get deleted is that is that no longer applicable that's my question well, i'm not yeah, sure exactly how it works
4: because a ruling at that point at that point it's no longer just an internal memo it's established court precedent like, and you know, then they wow. would take
1: it to the supreme court and then it would be up to you know squee and his buddy,
4: Squee and,
0: and, Tobin. PJ
1: and Tobin. and Tobin. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: All well, the other
1: drunkards. I mean, I, I honestly think that Roberts would be like, I can't. Yeah. Can't support this. I right. can't well, with your also, right
0: can't. Now, girl. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know. Quite frankly, I don't, I, even, press my robes. I don't even know if if the Supreme Court would participate in any of these rulings. I think what they're going to end up doing is just saying, you know what, the uh, the district court ruled this way, the uh, appeals court ruled this way, and usually in cases where those two rulings go against,
1: agree, yeah, yeah
0: the Supreme Court doesn't bother to hear that because what they do yeah, is you, they usually yeah. hear things that are uh, divided. Between the district level and the appellate level. And so um, that means that it's very unlikely that some of these cases are going to actually even be heard by the Supreme Court. And they'll just say, hey, you know what? We're going to let the appeals court uh, ruling stand by not even mm-hmm. hearing this case. So that's going to be some incredible news. And then uh, Rachel brought I'm not, this up. I but-
4: wonder. Like, someone's going to have the job of explaining that to the president. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> the Supreme Court don't want to take your case. What but do you wait, mean? wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. Four people on the Supreme Court can decide to hear a case, whether it's an agreed upon thing or not. So yeah. if four justices go, you know what, let's hear it just to settle the law, mm-hmm. that's another way for them to do it. I hope that you're right, Bob, that... Yeah because all these people are agreeing with each other, that the SCOTUS goes, I don't want to touch this. Well, that's
0: the tradition. Uh, the tradition is it to is. not deal with something that is pretty unanimous in the right. r- lower two layers of the uh, judiciary. Tradition
1: being the key word in your statement.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. yeah, <laughs> yeah I know, I know. Foolish, foolish. The one thing
4: about the Democrats following the rules so explicitly that yeah. drives me a little bit crazy is I'm like, well, if you guys are following the rules explicitly to the letter, then he has a roadmap of exactly what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, the Kremlin does.
0: Well, that's I mean, that's what Donald
4: Trump takes advantage of. Donald Trump takes
0: advantage of the fact
4: that there are many
0: lawmakers right now on the Hill, Republican and Democrat alike, who do want to stick with regular order, who do want to stick with being adults in the room and not playing mm -hmm. up the Donald Trump trolling and everything like that. And I think what he does is he uses that to his advantage and and knowing they're not going to fight back, they're not going (sighs) to take the bait. Uh, he just goes even further. You give him an inch, and he takes a mile. That's it's the whole case of that. Meanwhile, there was a GOP lawmaker who warned that uh, if we impeach the president, then the the president could impeach us too.
1: What? Yeah, what this does that is. Mean?
0: I, I, God, I wish I knew. I'm gonna read the quote here as soon as I get rid of the pop-up window. Um, <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, if a government can do this to the president of the United States, they can do this to you as well. He argued.
4: Well, what? if I'm guilty of a crime, then try me and sentence me. Hello.
0: Yes. Well, they're gonna impeach you, David. <laughs> they're gonna <sighs> yeah. come after you next. That's right. This is a uh, uh, Congressman Earl Leroy Buddy Carter. From the great state of Georgia.
4: <laughs> There's only one Carter in politics from Georgia that matters. Yeah. And God bless him, he's the oldest president still alive. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, I don't know if he's any,
1: is he any. He just is he got rela- out of the hospital.
0: Is he, is he any um, relation to Earl, Le- Re- Earl Leroy Buddy Carter?
4: Probably. Not. Are they <laughs> any rel- Probably. I,
0: I don't think so. <laughs> Unless Jimmy Carter's got himself some Trumper relatives like we all do. Oh, no, but it. he's
1: out of the hospital after he busted his pelvis, by the way. He was released uh, in the last hour. Jesus oh, that's crazy. That man
4: is tough. For yeah. fuck's yes, sake. he is. Like It's like brain tumor. Ah, whatever. I got to build a house. <laughs> 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 All right, totally. I'm going to go build us some houses for some poor people. They're like, Mr. President, you're bleeding from an artery. Ah, Just oh, give man. me a band aid. <laughs> I mean, I want to see Dan Aykroyd do that sketch. Because you remember when they had him at Three Mile Island?
1: Yes.
0: That's
4: Jimmy Carter. Yeah. Oh, God, it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All
0: right, we're going to take one last break and come back and get into Ukraine right after these words.
2: You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius. Doing our part to make the world a better place one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com
0: Bob Seska
3: Well I'm gonna get through this world
1: the best I can if I can Yeah I gonna get through this world and I think I can and I'm gonna
0: work in this world the best I can if I can yeah I'm gonna work in this world and I think I can and this is uh Lisa Goodkin and a song really called good. gonna get through this world it's from her uh from here on in EP link in the description words by Woody Guthrie music by uh, Letha Goodkin yeah.
4: what I was just gonna say no I was just Woody Guthrie wrote it I was amazed because it's such a I don't know I was thinking this sounded like Stephanie Miller music to me I can totally see her like putting her feet up on the desk with her badge showing you know
3: <laughs> glass it's of red
4: wine in her hand it's a tough world man but I'm gonna tell it
3: so, so you it's get
0: white like, wine you're <laughs> dedicating this to Stephanie Miller it's good
2: yeah <laughs>
3: If you're
0: shining her badge, you know? Uh, and I'm pretty sure her band, Lisa Goodkin's band, uh, won a Grammy for this song. Their performance of it. Wow. That's what I'm told. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. BobSuska.com slash music. Please submit. Thank you. Uh, okay, let's get into uh, Ukraine. Ukraine is- uh, No, Ukraine. Ukraine. <laughs> Ukraine. Well, no. Well, how can I possibly crane Ukraine? All right. Here we go. If you have
3: any doubt, it's going to take him out, Ukraine.
0: Okay, so where do we begin here? Uh, Impeachment investigators in the House are scrutinizing a uh, NSC aide suspected of operating yet another Ukraine back channel. Uh, Fiona Hill, who's uh, the National Security Council's former senior director for Eurasian and Russian affairs, testified last week. She believed... um, uh, Ka- Kashyap Ka- is it Kashyap Patel in the That's White House? Right. W- Maybe. Was, he was improperly uh-huh. getting involved in Ukraine policy by sending information about Ukraine to Trump that could warp American policy? Done, <sighs> you know, it just keeps happening. Well, you know what keeps amazing <laughs> me about this? And we talked about this a little bit on uh, Tuesday's show too. Is the fact that Rudy Giuliani has gone from being America's mayor. To just this
4: scum of the earth, like yeah. a pseudo mob lawyer, it's despicable. It is, but he kind of was that. That's the thing is, like he, there was a brief shining moment where he happened to be standing right in the right place at the right time to be anointed by history because he didn't get killed that day yeah. and managed to sh- say, you know, look dignified while President Bush was, you know, MIA. Right, uh, but I mean, so-
0: I mean, you have to admit though, at that point in time, we were all going. Uh, looking at George W. Bush and going, gee, I wish Rudy Giuliani was president right now. (laughs) And whether... Uh, regardless of what party we belong I to. I've
4: kn- I knew people in New York at that point and yeah. I knew like how artists and poor people had been like shoved out of certain areas of town mm-hmm. so that rich people could take away their shit. Yeah. And so I mean that was kind of the whole Giuliani way. Who oh sure. Buildings yeah. that weren't actually structurally unsafe and put like hundreds of families into homeless families so that they could tear it down and build you know new condos.
0: And yeah he was uh, not a great mayor and, and prior to that though he was Preet Bharara basically. He was the mm-hmm. U.S attorney in the southern district of new york and and it's just an amazing descent that i think would make an, inc- an incredible I think it's story. alcoholism
4: i do yeah cuz it's like he's physically transformed he's like yeah. physically like hunched over and become this ghoulish caricature of himself Yeah, yeah. Like he really like Ben was asking me. He was like, "All three of these men look alike. Which one was the mayor of New York?" I'm like, "I'm like the one that looks like Nosferatu." And he's like, "Okay, now," um, yeah. he's like, "And the other," she says, "And the other two Shreks." I'm like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, and you know, my favorite thing is Kate McKinnon's impression of Rudy Giuliani uh-huh. on SNL. Oh, yeah, it's where fantastic. She, she's got the hands, like the claw uh-huh. hands. and oh, And it's not something that Rudy ne- necessarily does. She's basically added this to the Rudy persona, the weird hands, but it works perfectly because you imagine like... Like a vampire criminal walking around, or like Mr. Burns keeps his hands that mm-hmm. way on The Simpsons. Where just like, <laughs> Excellent. So, meanwhile, a federal judge has ordered the State Department to release Ukraine-related records within 30 days, mm-hmm. including the communication records between uh, Mike Pompeo and Rudy Giuliani. Uh, and that, of course, will be appealed, and that'll end up uh, in the uh, I don't know which uh, which circuit, but uh, certainly it's going to go to the appeals courts, and then it'll go to the Supreme Court. Maybe if it's uh, uh, if Donald Trump is lucky, you know, to have mm-hmm. once again PJ Tobin and Squee get their hands okay.
4: on it. Okay, <laughs> have you guys read Blowout yet? No, no. Okay, have you got it? You should get it.
0: Is well, um, who's, which book is this? Is this uh, this is rachel's Rachel's,
4: rachel's book. book? That's Maddow's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. And I, like, yesterday woke up at, like, 6.30 and was like, oh, boy, I can read. Like, I was like, <laughs> I mean, I lucky never you would never have thought me in a million years, like, or I would never have thought that I would be getting up at 6.30 in the morning excitedly to read about oil and global politics. <laughs> but um See, sure that's, enough. That's why you're awesome, David,
0: because you do get excited about that stuff. I just want to tell nerd. you. Yeah, nerd. If you read good this time. book, I'm telling
4: you, she's such a good storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> and one minute you're, like, hanging on for dear life as these two oil tankers try to make it through the blazing Alaska storms off the, in the Aleutian Islands. Uh, and the next minute you're, like, watching these cows suddenly keel over dead, screaming in agony after they all drank from the same puddle in this one field in Louisiana. And everyone's, wow. like, the fracking company's, like, what puddle? Yeah. We did not mm-hmm. see any puddle. And there's, like, 18 dead cows there. They're, like, maybe it was natural causes. <laughs>
0: You know, I was listening to Rachel's interview on uh, Mark Maron's podcast, and she revealed her secret to how she's able to grab all of these stories that none of us have heard of. Like, she'll do her opening uh, A Block, where she starts at, for example, um, a Princess Carnival cruise or something like that, and then finally land at Bill Crystal is always wrong. I mean, one of those kind of uh, essays. And one of the places she gets those little news tidbits that are super important, but that which we haven't heard about uh, is because she scrolls down to the last three paragraphs of of the various news sources. She goes down to the bottoms of the articles and usually mm-hmm. reporters will throw in like a little nugget of something in the very last paragraph mm-hmm. just to see if anyone's reading and that's mm-hmm. where she gets many of her quote unquote scoops for uh, for her television show. I thought that was fascinating. And The, well, the book
4: is, I'm telling you, it's a page turner. It's yeah. really good. I, I, I would never, I mean, it's not just me being a nerd. It really is just stellar writing. And yeah. it's just her storytelling. Although it's kind of funny that, like, some of her references and stuff, she talks about things like worry beads. I'm like, kids aren't going to get that. She's like, environmentalists and their worry beads. I'm like, nobody under. 55 is what were beads? Are like, <laughs> but see, that, like you that, use that makes me the term more... fire sale. I'm like, nobody knows, I'm not even sure myself what a fire sale is.
0: That's why Google exists, where you can, if you see something like that, look it up. It will enrich your life to know of things
4: that aren't from your generation. I think that's an important thing. I'm glad that she's putting in those references, too. She's pretty corny at parts, but it's kind of adorable in that way because it really is like having your really super smart like, relative, like, yeah. your favorite aunt or uncle, like, sitting down and telling you this crazy story, and, like, you know, everyone's like, come to dinner, sit down! And you're like, no, I'm just... He's gonna tell me about what happened in Houston after that. You know, like... <laughs> yeah, you, know,
0: what I, you know what I'm blown away by is that someone has time to read. I've got a copy of David McCullough's 1776 that I purchased for myself to eventually read five months ago, and it's been sitting on my desk, unread in all that time, because I just... I wish I had time to read books anymore.
4: I just sounds about <laughs> as exciting though as dental work. I mean, <laughs> well, you got to you, you got remember a big corker of a book like that. When you've got a huge multi-volume like tome or something, you got to start with like a little slim Stephen King book like Misery. Oh yeah, well, or, 1776 you know,
0: is a short book. It's not a gigantic uh, uh,
4: multi-volume. Uh, i was thinking it's one of those big horse choker Civil War things. You no,
0: like. no. But I, again, again, I you know, the, I only need to explain my uh, interest in this book with this. No! And that's why, <laughs> of course, I'm reading that book. Of course, I, I wish I was reading that book. I'm trying to read that book. Uh, meanwhile, Ukrainian President uh, Zelensky has already, was already concerned about pressure from the Trump administration to investigate Biden before he took office. So this blows mm-hmm. away. This is from the AP. Mm-hmm. This blows mm-hmm. away Donald Trump's excuse that Ukraine didn't know about the quid pro quo. Obviously, they did know about the quid yeah. pro quo because now Zelensky has confirmed that. Meanwhile, Ukraine also knew that Trump had frozen $391 million in security assistance by early August, and that disclosure that the Ukrainians knew of, the freeze by early August corroborates, one of my favorite words to try to pronounce, the claim that <laughs> made made by the CIA whistleblower complaint. Trump and his allies have repeatedly claimed there could not have been any quid pro quo because the Ukrainians didn't know the assistance had been blocked. Yes, they did, you goddamn liar. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing, and this will uh, segue nicely into uh, Syria, um, Donald Trump keeps saying that we've recaptured all of the ISIS prisoners no, who escaped. And no, Jody, no, we, abso- we have not. absolutely uh, haven't. In fact, our envoy to Syria was testifying in the Foreign Relations Committee uh, in the Senate, and he said that we have no idea where the ISIS prisoners are. This is Donald Trump's appointed envoy to Syria, who's testifying before the Republican Foreign Relations Committee, saying, we don't know where the ISIS people are. And so meanwhile, American forces <laughs> if you just
4: want to um, oh, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, well, ISIS is now joining the Syrian Democratic Forces. The SDF is picking up ISIS fighters and incorporating them into their ranks in part as a way to keep them under watch. That, too, is now in jeopardy, by the way. And across Syria's poorest border with Iraq, Islamic State fighters are conducting a campaign of assassination against local village headmen in part to intimidate government informants. President Trump said that we eliminated all of ISIS. Well, not not we. No. He I. Me. Me. He did. Not Obama. Me. Yes. And you know That he,
4: was so much Your drunk uncle At the dinner table At Easter oh my god. was getting Super uncomfortable As he's like I saved that company It was me Oh my Mark god Mark Esperanto Told him His secretary Esparanto. of defense
2: Esperanto <laughs> Okay I'm ready
4: for the porn Starring Mark Esperanto And Pierre Delicto Come on Bring <laughs> it on
1: Come on Yes
4: <laughs> <laughs> I wish my name Was
0: Pierre Delicto Thank you very much mm. um, wh- Okay what's your I think there's
4: something Secretly super kinky About Romney mm-hmm. That's my latest theory On him Because he's got That sort of dis- kind of, uh kind of <coughs> thick. I think that's what they're going with with him lately, is just kind of... <laughs> Yeah. post-coital kind of collar loose like hey sexy uncle but
0: you know anyways. one of the things I've been compared to one of the people I've been compared to people say that I look like a
4: child of Mitt Romney for some reason oh my mm. god that is so hilarious I hope that he goes on to do something big in the next few years so we can exploit that that is hilarious <laughs> right right so let me and ask- they all have weird names like track and knit and calm and I mean it's just like they yeah, do have weird
1: names the Romney kids have like Palin names yeah, yeah I'm gonna call you do.
4: split split <laughs> Split Romney, this is our, <laughs> he's the, the youngest Romney boy, he's been oh, a bit of a man. disappointment. There's tag Matt, to-
1: Josh, It's just tag is the weird one, there's
0: tag. Yeah, yeah. I want to go around the horn here and get your opinions on whether things like Mark Esperanto are deliberate, or he actually thought that his defense secretary is Mark Esperanto. What do you think, Jody? Is this real, or is this a genuine fuck-up?
1: I never know with him because the whole Colorado thing now he's saying was that he was kidding, which we know he wasn't because if you hear the cadence in his voice, he wasn't kidding. He, he kept moving yeah. on with that. You know what he meant so, to say? He
0: meant to say California, and he, did. He, did.
1: So he did. yeah. He absolutely did not mean to say Colorado, but he didn't correct himself because he never does that. Right. he
4: forgot where he was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for a second, and he's pulling on the edge. Well, of the Well, maybe he blazer. thinks New
1: Mexico is actually part of Mexico.
4: <laughs>
0: yes. That could be the other thing is that he doesn't know. He doesn't know where Colorado is. Yeah. He thinks maybe Mm. Colorado borders Mexico. It's entirely possible. I don't think he knows. It's entirely possible. He doesn't know where Ukraine is. He certainly didn't know where Alabama was there for a period.
1: Alabama. (laughs) Alabama.
0: Alabama. Right. Alabama. So what do you think, T-Rex? Is this deliberate? Is he deliberately misspelling these things in his tweets? Or- no,
4: I think it's pure chaos around him all the time. It's just yeah. carelessness. It's carelessness. It's just like, because yeah. I've like sent tweets to people without realizing that autocorrect had fixed something strange in it and made oh, it yeah. like completely incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. And I just, I feel like that's actually how we know it's him and not one of his social media monkeys because uh, he's just like hammering keys or yelling at somebody, and they're tapping it out as fast as they can while the limo rolls, and somebody else goes, you know, like calls in on the phone and hears Roger Stone wanting a loan. And yeah, yeah. well, he, you know like, what it He's a rap there. Um... <laughs> I, I have this theory
0: that someone is doing it deliberately because he doesn't look at Twitter. What he does is he gets people to print out tweets that he might like and they mm-hmm. give him a printout. Like so yesterday he sent an autographed printout of Tommy Laren's tweets. Or is it Tommy? I don't give a shit. Uh I don't care. sent a printout. Tommy. Yeah. Signed a bunch of to- Tommy <laughs> Tommy Laren's tweets Tammy. on a piece of paper. Sent them to Tommy Laren. Oh. Now she has like something for framing where she's got a printout of her That's tweets creepy. with Donald Trump congratulating uh, her on the tweets, But here's my thing about this. This is something that my brothers and I used to do at my dinner table. My dad um, is a teeny bit hard of hearing. And when we were teenagers, sitting around the dinner table... Uh, we would try to get away with saying uh, swear words in front of my dad and see how loudly we could get with the swear word <laughs> be- before he heard us saying the Watch so, your language. So, so yeah. So we would be sitting like basically right next to my dad, and like my brother Brian would just go, "Dick, dick, cock." And, and so like we, and it would get gradually louder. Like we would say it like a little bit louder each time until like, we would see how far we could get before he actually heard us saying a swear word. And I think that's maybe what, what's going on in the white house where they're trying to see how much they can get away with, with Donald Trump's tweets, uh, before he notices that, uh, they're actually adding, you know, misspellings and so on to, to his tweets. It's oh, just so. sort of
4: a, like a note and a fortune cookie kind of cry for help from the inside.
0: Um, I don't even know if it's that. I just think they're fucking with the old man. I, I think that's mm. exactly what they're doing. Someone is fucking with the old man to see if he'll even notice. And since he doesn't actually scroll, literally sit on his phone and scroll through Twitter, I mean, I've heard all kinds of reports. And I think Sarah Kenzior had the most believable one that, that, you know, he doesn't even actually look at Twitter. Someone else writes his tweets. And then when he wants to tweet something, he'll scribble it down with a Sharpie marker on a Post-it note, hand it off to one of his aides, and then they'll tweet it out for him. And so God, I think in the translation no of that, yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, with Mark Esperanto, he added letters to it. It's not like he said Mark Esper with an I-R at the end. He added extra letters into something that is a real thing. I mean, Esperanto right. is a language, for God's sake. And uh, I I can't possibly believe, and I know he it's autocorrect.
4: R- autocorrect, I mean, somebody fired that off just really fast without yeah. thinking they were like, Guess, you know, I'm sure that- like I said, I'm sure it's constant chaos. It's constant noise. Everyone's yelling <laughs> yeah. at you and someone's like, Get something up on Twitter right now. Oh,
5: I need to man. turn this news cycle rah, 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 rah. You
4: know, like
0: Yeah. Um, I I mean I, I I could not stand to be anywhere in the vicinity of the mayhem that is circulating around him. It is so opposite and contrary to everything. That I find comfortable and easy to deal with. I just can't deal with chaos uh, in a setting like that. That would be
4: maddening. In an office setting, actually- it's like it's like he's got like phantom screaming babies that he takes everywhere. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean there are. It's it's like madness in there. Uh, chimps, it's like this constantly. Exactly. I mean, it's unbelievable. Okay, so let's see. What are we talking about here? Uh, Oh, we're wrapping up the show. That's what that music (laughs) means. I should figure that out by now. You're smart. I know. I'm really on top of things today. <laughs> uh, Jody Hamilton can be found at from-the-bunker.com. <laughs> My name's i I'm Oh, yeah. By the way, we've got the Eric Derp of the week coming up on the post show. Oh, good. That's at bobseskashow.com, patreon.com slash Show. You can use either one of those addresses. They'll both take you right to our Patreon page. Uh, uh, at BobSeskaShow.com or Patreon.com slash BobSeskaShow. You can also go to BobSeska.com and click the all-caps Patreon link. That'll take you right there. Thank you. And if you want to sign up for $5 a month, that'll get you the Postmortem Show, which is coming up right after this music finishes playing, but only for people who have subscribed at our Patreon page. Meanwhile, David Ferguson, speaking of Patreon, can be found at Patreon.com slash The T-Rex Report. Oh his book, his podcast, you want to get it all because, well, you can never get enough T-Rex, can you? And the answer is no None None no. more, none, no. more none, T-Rex. none more None more Yes
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Meanwhile Sexy Liberal Podcast Network Of which this show Is a part uh, As well as uh, Jody Hamilton's From the Bunker Podcast Stephanie Miller's Happy Hour Happy Hour uh, I'm skipping over several here who have who are no longer with the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, so I can't mention them. Mm-hmm. Sanity, right. John Fuglesang's show, Frangela's amazing show, Rude Pundit, and, uh, oh yeah, yeah, uh, Jackie Schechner. We talked to Jackie Schechner on the interview show yes. yesterday. She's starting a new Wonky show. Donk. Wonky Donk. with uh, Wonky Al Sparks. Donk. Yeah, that's going to be an amazing, it. amazing podcast. Uh, and uh, and so many more. Dana Goldberg has a podcast uh, too on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. So please support all your favorite Sexy Liberal Podcast shows. Is that even a thing? Podcast shows, podcasts. So support sure. all of your sexy, favorite Sexy Liberal podcasts by uh, uh, five uh, five star ratings and reviews. <laughs> You'd think <laughs> I was doing this for the first time today, wouldn't you? You would. Yes. All right. You See you on the after party tomorrow. Bye bye.
1: This is Frangela and we host The Final Word with Frangela and Idiot
3: of the Week podcast.
2: And if you enjoyed this episode, you'll love our show where every week we talk about real news, real funny. So come on over and listen to The Final Word with Frangela and find it at sexyliberal.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, Stitcher. Tune in, and everywhere else, you get your podcasts.
0: And today's show has been brought to you in part by the Election Ride Home podcast. Uh, someone's going to challenge Donald Trump for the White House, and the Election Ride Home podcast is dedicated to figuring out who that someone, or maybe even multiple someones, hello, Tulsi, fucker, <laughs> will end up being. I don't think the sponsor wants me to say fucker in the context of Probably Pelosi not. <laughs> nah, <laughs> Let's try not. that not again. Not Probably a good not. idea. Hey, the yeah. Election Ride Home is a podcast <laughs> dedicated to figuring out <laughs>
4: Who's going (laughs) to
0: end up running against Donald Trump every day at 5 p.m. Eastern veteran journalist and this American life contributor Chris Higgins catches you up on what happened on the campaign trail. Who's up? Who's down? What issues are getting traction? What do the polls say? It's a 15 to 20 minute show that keeps track of all the latest and summarizes it so you don't have to be nervously refreshing Twitter a thousand times a day. So if you want to catch up on what you missed on your way home, search your podcast app and subscribe to the Election Ride Home podcast. Thank you.